Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job explains that walking in the light of Christ requires a change in heart, mind, and attitude. As you start to walk in the light of God's glory, you're going to start seeing thing after thing that needs to be changed and conformed to the glory of him, His image. In fact, the more years you've walked in God, the more you will realize how much you need the cleansing power of God every day in your life. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. If real life were like the movies, we'd automatically know who the good guys and bad guys were by the clothing they wore. But today, as we move forward in our study called Contrast, we'll turn to the book of 1 John to see a contrast between those that walk in the light and those that walk in darkness. If you've missed any of the messages in this new series, you can catch up online at boldstepsradio.org. Right now, here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Number two. In verse eight, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number two. If we want fellowship with God, you have to change the way you think about yourself. Our wrong thinking says we are unwilling to acknowledge sin in our lives. Listen, John says if you claim to be without sin, if you're here today and you say, you know, I don't think I have any sin. That guy? A lot. (laughs) My wife, pastor, I, I wish I had time to tell you, he's got a lot of issues. Me? You know, I mean, I'm human. So I'm, I'm not perfect, but, but, you know, I can't think of really anything in my life. You know what the Bible says about you? Well, first of all, you've got a major pride issue. Okay? But the Bible says if you claim to be without sin, if you think that you're perfect, if you think that there's nowhere in your life to work on, nothing to repent of. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need church. You don't need the Word of God. You don't need other people getting involved in your life and telling you to move forward. Listen, if you think you're without sin, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. What's in you if the truth is not in you? Lies are in you. If you're here right now and you don't think you need the Word, if you're here right now and you don't think you need the cleansing power of God, if you're here right now and you don't think you need other people to get in your life and to get into your business, if you're here right now and you don't think that there's anything in your life that needs improvement, I'm going to tell you the Bible says very clearly that you are in deception, that you have deceived yourself, you're blind with pride and self-deception. That's clearly what the Word of God says. Because there's not one of us here that doesn't have something to work on. There's not one of us here that's arrived. Not a one of us. But let me tell you how it works. Chances are if you're here and you don't think you have anything to work on, it's because you've been hanging in the darkness too long. If you're you're in the dark and you look at yourself in the mirror, well, you don't see any flaws. 
I've used this illustration before, but when I was young, I lived in a little village in northern Spain, and a few miles away from my house were some caves. They've become very famous caves now, Las Cuevas de Atapuerca. They would go miles and miles underground. So as a, as a young boy, I used to love to go into these caves, and I had been around them long enough, so I kind of knew the caves and bring people that were from the city, never been in a cave, scare them half to death, abandon them in the middle of the cave. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I've already repented of all that. So, But when you're in the dark in the midst of a cave, you'd have to drag yourself through little holes and you would get muddy from top to bottom. But when you're in the dark, you, you, you don't see how dirty you are. You look at the other person and we have flashlights, a little flashlight, you can't see how dirty the other, so you think you're okay in the dark. But I remember as we would walk towards the entrance of the cave where the brightness was there, then suddenly we would start realizing how dirty we were. We'd start laughing at each other because you have mud all over our faces and all over. And then we would realize when we got out in the light how desperately dirty we really were. That's the same spiritually in our lives. Some of us are so in the dark. You're so living in the dark that you don't even realize how much you need to change. You're so living in the dark that you look at your life in the dark mirror and you think there's not a thing about my life that needs to be changed. Everybody else needs to change but not me. You're in total darkness. But I'm going to tell you, as you get closer to God, as you pull up to His holiness, as you start to walk in the light of God's glory, as you start getting closer to God, you're going to start seeing thing after thing Area after area, sin after sin, attitude after attitude that needs to be changed and conformed to the glory of him, His image. And the longer you walk with God, the more you're going to realize how much you fall short of God's glory. In fact, the more mature you are, the more years you've walked in God, the more you will realize how much you need the cleansing power of God every day in your life. You read the writings of Paul and the closer he got to God, the longer he lived in God. After walking with God for a long time, doing miracles, writing portions of the Bible, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who are we talking about? Paul. Now, are we talking about some half gangbanger guy that spends all his times in dark taverns in Pilsen? No, 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 no. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is saying, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. This is the Apostle Paul. Why? Because the more he walks in the light, the more he realizes how much he needs to change. It is the epitome of arrogance. To believe that you do not need the Word of God in your life. So you don't need a place like this to gather. It's the epitome of arrogance to think that you can live your life on your own and you don't need other spiritual people in your life to challenge you or talk to you. It is the epitome of self-deception and arrogance to believe that there is nothing in your life that needs to be worked on. No attitude, no sin, no thought, no 
habit in your life. It's the epitome of self-deception to believe that you're okay. The great majority of the people around Chicagoland that we talk to, they have very little interest in spiritual things. The great majority feel like I'm okay. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm a good person. As long as I mind my own business, don't try to hurt other people. I'm not a mass murderer. I'm not a, I, I don't try, if people hurt me, I hurt them back. But you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. I think that I'm a good person. We do a survey out in Chicago and interview 1,000 people. I can guarantee you that 950 of those people, if asked, are you a good person? They would say, yeah, I consider myself a good person. If I go down to 26 in California and interview all the inmates, especially the guys in, in even the guys that are, that are in high maximum security and say, do you consider yourself a good person? Yeah, yeah, you know, I got my issues, but I'm a good person. Most of us are under the self-deception that we're good people and that we're okay. The Bible tells us there is no one good, not one. There's no one that's righteous. There's no one that's made it. That is why all of us desperately need the work of Jesus in our life. You're listening to Mark Job, and we're taking a brief pause from today's message to remind you that we'd love to hear from you today. You can connect with us on our social media platforms like Facebook or Instagram or connect with us online at boldstepsradio.org. If you go to the website, you can leave a question for Mark. And and Mark, if you're ready for this, I have a question right now I'd like to share with you. Let's do it. This person says, they listen in Chicago to WMBI, can a person claim to be a Christian yet affirm, support, and vote for the liberal platform of gay marriage, homosexuality, abortion, transgender? Do you speak out against these sins in the pulpit? Yeah, that's a great question, John. And we live, obviously, in a very polarized time politically. So this is what I would say. I believe that it's our responsibility as believers in Jesus to, first of all, draw people to Jesus, and he transforms them. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think it's our responsibility, and my responsibility as a pastor and a teacher to teach clearly what the Word of God says about these different uh, topics and these different sins and morality according to Scripture. I would warn, however, that I think it's a dangerous practice to say that one political party is the Christian one and that if you're a Christian, you all have to vote for one particular party. I think it's a dangerous practice. What I try to teach, I'm not a politician, and so I don't try to be a politician And I know that there's believers uh, that listen to this radio broadcast that are uh, both Democrat and Republican and independent. But I seek to help people understand what the Bible has to say, think biblically, and then vote their conscience. And so that's the answer that I would give. I think we do need to stand on our convictions. That may translate differently as to how people embrace different political parties, but we need to not compromise our convictions as we move forward with discernment, trying to figure out, God, how would you have me to vote? Yeah, we have to be kingdom-centered, don't we? And this comes out in your preaching. It does. And I pastor in the city of Chicago, and Chicago is a very politically divided city. Mm -hmm. And I've never told people what party to vote for, 
but I do tell people to make sure they understand the word, make sure they're clear about it, make sure they pray about it, and that they vote with a clear conscience and biblical convictions. Well, Mark, thank you for taking that question. It's a bold question and a bold answer here on Bold Steps today. All right, thank you. Let's jump back into the second half of today's message now. It's entitled, Coming Clean. It tells us in verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. What is confession? Confession is the acknowledgement. Confession is not just admitting that you sin, but confessing comes from the word homologeo in the Greek. It literally means to say the same things that God does about your sin. Confession here is in the present tense which refers to a habitual confession. It's not like I confessed my sin one time when I went to confession when I was 12. It's using the word in the present tense, which means I confess, I continue to confess my sin on an ongoing basis. So if we confess our sin on an ongoing basis, I'm in the habit of confessing my sin because I continue to sin. Why is it that I have to get in the habit of confessing my sin? Because I keep sinning. I have to keep confessing my sin because I keep, I keep staining my sheet. My, my, my page before God doesn't stay clean. One week into it, and if you were to do a clear, critical self-analysis of how you've lived, I bet you you could think back, and if you really were honest with yourself, in this past week, there's probably at least a hundred sins that you could come up with that you committed. And if you can't, just ask your wife, she'll help fill in the blanks. (laughs) Or your kids. They'll remind you. I I can't think of only five. Well, let me help you out here. When you're up to 500, okay, stop, stop, I get the point. So if we continue to confess our sins for the believer, here's what it means. You and I as a believer, we have a relationship with God, but it's not just about having a relationship, it's about having fellowship. It's not just about I'm a son of God, I want to walk with God. So therefore, when I sin, I quickly deal with it, I confess it, I agree with God about my sin, and if I agree with God about my sin, it means I say, God, I have anger and bitterness towards this person you asked me to forgive I agree that this is not how I should live I agree that you've forgiven me so if you've forgiven me I forgive them so today I release them and I ask I confess my bitterness and anger before you cleanse my heart I want to walk in fellowship with you I agree with God about my sin so that I can walk clean before God and so I continue to confess my sin some of you say well pastor do I have to confess my sin to someone Some of you grew up in a tradition where you were told that the only way that you could get forgiveness of your sin is if you confess your sin to a clergy. And that clergy had the power to absolve you from your sin. And unless you confess it to the clergy and you died without that confession happening, that you would go to some place of torture until it was taken out of your system. So you live in constant fear. Let Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. The Bible says that The only one that has power to forgive your sin 
You confess your sins to God through Jesus, and he has the power to wipe your, your slate clean. He has the power to forgive you your sin. You confess your sins to people so that you can experience strength and healing. James says if we confess our sins one to another and pray for one, one for another, we shall be healed. So we confess our sins to God for forgiveness. We confess our sins to other people. And believe me, it doesn't have to be a clergy. Please don't line up to confess all your sins to me. I really don't want to hear them, to be honest with you. You confess your sins to others to experience healing. You confess your sins to God to experience freedom and fellowship. So he says, if we confess our sins, listen, he is faithful. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. What does it mean that he's faithful? It means that God... God's not going to say one day, here you are again, and I thought you were just talking about this a month ago. Forget it. I'm not going to forgive you this time. God's not that way. God's faithful. If we confess our sins, don't just admit it. If you truly confess, you will repent and leave your sin away. Confessing is not just, I'm confessing it now so I can fall in two days from now. Confession means I confess it's not right for me. I agree with it. I'm leaving it behind. I want to walk in fellowship with you, God. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and he's just and will forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. Listen to me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, walking in right relationship with him, then you should be on an ongoing, daily, regular basis be confessing your sins to God so that you are walking constantly with a clean, pure heart before God Almighty. There is no reason right now that you cannot be in right relationship with God unless you refuse to confess and repent of your sin. It's available to everybody. Lastly, if you want to have fellowship with God, you have to change the way you see your story. In verse 8, it says, if we confess we have no sin, which means you see yourself as not having sin. This is about our past. If we, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him who? God out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Our wrong thinking is when we don't admit there's a track record of sin in our life. Listen, you and I, we're sinners. I know it's hard to say because I know some of us don't see ourselves as really being sinners. But, but let's just clear the air. I am a sinner. Go ahead, say it out loud. And being a believer and follower of Jesus Christ doesn't make me not a sinner, I'm still a sinner. But I'm a sinner that has been washed, cleansed, saved by grace. And now when God looks at me and refers to me as a saint and not a sinner, because although I sin, now I quickly deal with it and walk in fellowship with the Father because I desire more than anything in life, I desire a right relationship with God.
This is Bold Steps, the Bible teaching of pastor, author, and Moody Bible Institute president, Mark Job. We've just begun a new series called Contrast, and we're looking at how to be in relationship and fellowship both with God. So please join us again next week when we'll continue. And if you missed the first message in this series, you can catch up online anytime at boldstepsglobal.com. Mark, it's such a special privilege today to have Dr. Gary Chapman in the studio with us. It's the 30th anniversary of the publication of The Five Love Languages. 20 million copies of that book has sold. And how many other books along this theme have been written by our guest here, Dr. Gary Chapman? Gary, you ever counted those books up? I have not, but I think there's probably 10 or 12. <laughs> I, think there's, I think so. But God Speaks Your Love Language, Mark, is the one we're offering to our listeners. That's right. So I have read The Five Love Languages years ago, and it really helped my marriage out. And so my wife and I go back and forth and we talk about it. But, you know, I had never thought about love languages when it comes to our relationship with God. Hmm. Um, But, Gary, you felt compelled to write a book because you felt that people's love language as they relate to God was important for them to understand. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, one thing, I didn't want us judging other people who worship God a different way. I mean, Mm. I'm talking talking about true Christians, you know, because sometimes people raise their hands in the worship service and other people say, oh, don't draw attention to yourself, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's their love language. They're expressing love to God in their way, you know. And so it's coming to respect other people who differ with us in love languages on how they relate to God. That's one part of it. Mm. And the other part is, you know, don't allow your own love language to get boring to you. Just Now you're just going through the motions. You're not even really thinking about God. Let's keep it alive. Yeah. You know, the heart of this is intimacy with God, learning to relate to God in a way that's intimate, unique, and yours. I love that. Thank you, Dr. Gary Chapman. And to our listeners, let me say that we'll send you Gary's book, God Speaks Your Love Language, when you give a financial gift to support this ministry. Call us at 1-800-DL-MOODY. That's 1-800-356-6639. Or request a copy of this Bold Step gift online at boldstepsradio.org. Well, Mark, at the end of the message, you reminded us that if you are a child of God, you need to walk in the light. But for those who have never bowed their knee or said a prayer to ask God into their life, what should they be doing right now? Wayne, I'm glad you asked that. So if you're listening to this message and you say, I'm a believer, but I'm walking with unconfessed sin, the Bible's clear about that. Confess your sin. He's faithful to forgive and cleanse you. And that's your responsibility. If you are not yet a follower of Jesus and say, I feel the weight of my sin, the Bible's also clear about that. There comes a point in time, and this may be the moment for you, mm-hmm. where you realize, hey, I, I can't pay the price of my own sin. That's why Jesus came to pay a price that you couldn't pay. The gift is free, but you have to accept the gift. And the way we accept that gift is fairly simple but profound. You have to believe, first of all, the message. You have to be willing to repent. That means I have to be willing to count the cost and leave behind the way that I've been living to embrace the way of Jesus. And as I receive that gift, the Holy Spirit comes inside of me and transforms me from the inside out. We call that being born again. Yes. So if you're here, if you're listening to this message and you say, Pastor, I, I've never done that, then I want to invite you, if you're ready to do that, 
Uh, usually God has been working on your life for a long time, so this is a culmination of God drawing you to himself, then I'm going to ask that you pause wherever you're at and that you would pray this prayer with me. It's not a magic prayer, but it's a sign of the commitment that you're making to God at this moment. So would you pray with me? Dear God, go ahead, repeat it after me. Dear God, I know that I've sinned against you. I cannot pay for the price of my own sin. I need forgiveness. And so today, I acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Lord. Go ahead, pray with me. I invite you to come into my life, to wash my sins, and to be Lord of my life. I repent, I turn away from the way I've been living, and today I choose to follow you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and transform me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we've had listeners making that commitment as we've been broadcasting Bold Steps, and I want to encourage you to find a church to plug into. If you're not a part of a church, I encourage you to find a Bible-believing church. Also, we have some resources to help you get started. Wayne, how can a person access those resources? Sure, just go to our website, boldstepsradio.org, and there we invite you to click on the My Next Step link on the left side of the page. You'll find that very helpful. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to join us again next week when Mark explains the important distinction between being in a relationship with God and having fellowship with Him. The message is called The Real Test, and you'll hear it Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Jones. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.